Welcome to Axiom's Data Guru Podcast, where data experts share wisdom and insights around high-value audiences and all things data. I'm your host, Scarlett Burks. Well, we are excited to be joined today by Karen Caulfield, Senior Vice President of Data Products at Axiom. Um, we just know you have a lot of wisdom to share with us today, Karen. So glad that you're here. And let's just start off, if you will, if you'll give us your background in a nutshell that led you to this role at Axiom. Okay, well, great to be here with you, I'm Scarlett. Um, when I was about 18, I um, decided that I wanted an international career. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what I meant by that or what that meant. Um, but at the time where I was growing up in Ireland, um, there was a lot of promotion of EU-funded programs mm-hmm. uh, that, that were either around um, majors in EU languages or in international business. And that's the path I took. Mm -hmm. And that's the path that led me to working first very much in the first party data space. So for a company uh, called Collinson, uh, an international uh, loyalty agency. So I worked with them first in the UK, then came over to San Francisco to set up a presence in the US, um, in San Francisco, and then after that in Sao Paulo as well. And from um, I spent about uh, 10 years between the different locations at that um, uh, that country. From there, I went to work um, with Merkel. And that's really where I came into the third party data space and where I got to know Axiom. So first as a partner, I worked for years with Axiom in Australia, in the UK, in Germany, in, and in, in, mostly in, the inter- in, in international locations. Um, and then fast forward a few years, I was presented with an opportunity to come over and work at Axiom to expand uh, global data capabilities beyond kind of Axiom's footprints in particular countries and really kind of looking at where Axiom's clients were taking Axiom from a global perspective. So that was uh, three and a half years ago. And here I am. Well, you have certainly gotten your wish. You, you definitely travel the world. I have no idea how you yes, manage your travel that, schedule. That, that, that certainly happened. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted uh, to start off, too, by saying congratulations. You were recently named to ICOM's Chief Analytics and Chief Data Officer Council. I love their tagline. I can barely say it, but I love it. <laughs> Where the smart data marketing elite meet. Um, so that definitely makes me think of you. So just tell us kind of the the kinds of issues that group will be looking at and why you think it's so important for those kinds of groups to exist in today's data landscape. Yes, and I've I've been um, involved with ICOM for about maybe five years now, Mm -hmm. five years or so, and attending their summit um, event um, every year in Spain Mm -hmm. and also kind of involved in their their hackathons that they do, their data hackathons, Mm -hmm. and in um, a couple of their different committees and, and, and boards. And what's great about ICOM is that the the event itself, the big annual event, really does bring together people from the data and the media world. And it's been doing that for years. So that intersection of data and media is at the heart of that that event and and really um, at the heart of um, ICOM and and the conversation that it's trying to, to promote. Mm-hmm. So what what I like about it is, you know, we're all as humans kind of very tribal and this is the where the kind of global, global data and media tribe comes to, comes together. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good balance between looking forward at where our industry is going to be in a few in a few years and looking at some of the immediate things, opportunities, uh, challenges that the industry is is, is facing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's 
it's grown. Uh, it's grown over the years. It's uh, it's grown to be a really truly global event, and it's it, the all of the major agency companies are there. All of the major players in the data space are there, as well as um, a lot of the brands we all work with. So, really excellent excellent place to collaborate and um, and, and work together as an industry on where we're all going. Yeah, awesome. Well, tell us what are the biggest changes you see coming for third-party data in the next few years? I think there's there are a number of things converging and happening at once. And um, we're, we're all deep in these at the moment. And, and one is uh, really the explosion of data, right? There is more data. There is a ton of research on this and some numbers that are, um, when you see them, kind of overwhelming and interesting uh, that talk about the uh, the amount of data that's being created every day. Mm -hmm. The amount of uh, the the growth rate of data, if you look at what will happen sort of in the next week compared to, you know, the previous year, um, it's pretty mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And data is being generated from more places than ever before, right? It's being generated from all of our connected devices that we have from our cars to everything in our house to the, you know, devices we carry uh, around with us. Uh, So data is coming at us um, faster than ever. There's Mm -hmm. more of it. And so while marketers have always been looking for, um, you know, more data, more signals, more opportunities, um, well, now it's just it's a fire hose of opportunities (laughs) and, and, and data and signals that are coming in. And so everybody's really thinking about, well, how do you, um, you know, how, what do you do with it? How do you figure out what's relevant? How do you figure out how you act on it? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you, you know, update your processes to, 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 to deal with it? Uh, so, th- so that's a big, I wouldn't say really it's, it's, it's like a, a new change that's been evolving for years, mm-hmm. right? And we've all mm-hmm. seen it and we've seen how more connected we've all become as, as individuals and consumers. And then kind of along with that, um, we are seeing increased regulation happening uh, across the globe in terms of how this data should be and can be and can be used. And there's really important conversations going on there. And those two things are, are, uh, for us as a business, are intersecting. So Mm -hmm. just because there's a lot of data available, you you know, we may have a policy about how we'll use a particular type of data. And it may be not to use something that's available or to use it in a different way or just for a very specific um, use case. Uh, so we, you know, we're all familiar with um, GDPR and CCPA, but beyond mm-hmm. that, there's multiple countries, dozens of countries, looking at their um, their regulations, and they're kind of looking to GDPR to see what um, what's evolving there. Mm-hmm. So my expectation is we'll see just more regulation, more change. Um, we'll see countries that maybe haven't had a lot of regulation in the past in this space um, start to regulate more. Um, I think we will see some consistency because people will look to what's worked in 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 other okay. regions and what mm-hmm. hasn't and what hasn't mm-hmm. worked. So I think it's those two things really the the explosion of information and um, the conversation we all in, in the industry need to be having around how, you know how we use that information, how we um, remain transparent about how we use that information and how it, you know when we put ourselves in a consumer's shoes and we put ourselves in a marketer's shoes and we try and you know um, uh, bring those uh, bring those worlds together and look at what the the best way to connect that information is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, because I love your stories of taking naps in taxis as you traveled around the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about how important it is for a brand to partner with, with somebody that can offer them guidance and expertise across all the the variations across those countries and regions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yes, uh, to really be able to understand what's going on um, in our industry at Mm -hmm. at a global level, it involves significant investment of time and um, energy and (laughs) a lot of, you know, missed sleep um, to to really get into markets and to really understand the landscape in, in, uh, in markets and not to ever think that doing it once is going to be is going to be enough mm-hmm. so I, I try and spend a lot of time in major markets around the uh, around the globe markets where we as axiom are developing capabilities and products and markets where our clients are are active and growth right. markets for for our clients and often when you know when I'm in country like that it's it's um I'm triangulating a lot of different information I'm talking to partners that we work with in those markets um, I'm talking to you know maybe the equivalent of the um, the DMAs or the privacy boards in in those markets. I'm talking to companies who are kind of in our space um, mm-hmm. in in those markets, but might be again more um, in kind of indirect partners uh, partners with us. And w- really, what that gives me is a, a really good picture of the landscape, a picture of what's changing from a trend perspective in the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it a country that is a mobile first country where a lot of the um, targeting is very much kind of, um, you know, uh, driven to mobile versus uh, countries where you still have a mix of maybe desktop or mobile and, and other um, other channel targeting? Um, it keeps me informed about what's happening from a regulatory point of uh, point of view and um and there's such diversity as uh, across the world, and I think what we can, a company like Axiom can do, is really guide clients on that on the journey. Right? We we invested that time. We know these markets. We know them from a data perspective. We know them mm-hmm. from um, a regular uh, regulatory perspective, and often we're we are. Our beginning engagement with the global client is helping them just understand the landscape they're going into, understand what's different if they've been operating, say, in the U.S. or the U.K. in data-rich markets. Mm -hmm. What do you need to be aware of if you're going into a market that maybe doesn't have that richness of information? Um, How do you need to change kind of your tactics in that market? How do you set expectations in your organization around what to expect, you know, if it's um, is something like um, your ability to match data in a in a platform, or um, you know, or or for two companies to come together to to, to match data, um, what's you know what's available, what what should you expect, what would those match rates look like in Argentina versus um, mm-hmm. versus in Spain, and 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 what can you expect? So mm-hmm. I very much see it as t- you know helping clients on a journey as they expand globally into their t- their priority markets and their tier t- t- two markets. Great. Um, okay, thinking thinking back as we talked about the explosion of data and then uh, again around regulations, how is Axiom positioning its data offerings to respond specifically to those changes? We're doing a lot of th- a lot of different things. Um, firstly, it's the, you know the data itself, and this is just an ongoing of exor- exercise of making sure that uh, the data products that we build um, that they are. Uh, high quality, that they are compliant, that they are relevant to to Mm -hmm. clients, and that we're bringing in 
all of the um, the most relevant data signals and and um, uh, data sources that we can into into our products. So that never ends. That's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a journey. You know, uh, we, uh, we take across our our data acquisition, our data products, and our privacy team, uh, working together to look at um, how do we keep enhancing that our data products, our data. Um, we're also, you know, very dependent in this um, in, in this business in this ecosystem on on partnerships, right? So we mm-hmm. really look to partner where we can, partnering with companies where we just have very complementary cap- uh, capabilities. So always a big focus on 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 how we partner and and what partnerships um, are going to get us where we need to go as quickly as we uh, as we can. Um, we're focused on. Uh, Really, also looking at our data curation processes, right? So, how do we, as as the market changes, as as this explosion of data comes at us, how do we um, curate it differently? How do we curate it um, more quickly? How do we decision off it really quickly? So, we've a lot of um, work going on in 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 that space. And then, finally, um, really, really focused on making our data easy to uh, easy for clients to consume and easy for clients to uh, to to work with so that's everything from just looking at um, really looking at clients uh, at, at providing to da- data to clients in their way right? right and so you know it's just looking at more flexible um, approaches for from delivery to pricing to the bundles and packages that we may create to the mm-hmm. audiences that one client might want versus uh, versus another so really just building flexibility into into that whole process is a big um, big area of focus for us that's a lot we're doing. I, I, yes yeah <laughs> yes yes it is um, and a follow-up question I'd have to that is we're now about a year and a half into our uh, journey to being part of the IPG family. How has that added uh, inside of what the agencies are looking for, what those clients are looking for uh, in terms of data? How has that helped us? Oh, it's 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 helping us tremendously because uh, they're bringing a just a different um, voice, right, and a different voice of customer than mm-hmm. you know we than than we. Have, at, have had at Axiom in, yeah. in the past. So what we're getting is just um, just more insights, more understanding of, of use cases that agencies are trying to to, uh, to, to solve for. Mm-hmm. We've started to work, you know, very directly on um, you know cli- on client opportunities, and from a data perspective, um, what 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 has been great is that from a let's say from a country focus uh we're focused on a lot of the same markets so there's um you know there, there's a lot of kind of roadmaps kind of coming together there mm-hmm. um we we're focused on a lot of the same kind of enablement partners that we need so again roadmaps coming coming together there and more uh, more efficiency yeah. and um Yes, I think though the that that voice that's coming from our agency partners and coming from the teams that we're working with more closely now, uh, they're a major stakeholder as we think about our product planning, as we think about um, the products and capabilities that we need to build at Axiom. You know, from a from mm-hmm. a from a data perspective, they're now a, you know a big voice in that. Great. Okay. Well, uh, switching to a related topic. Um, there's a lot of noise when people start talking about match rates. So what are some of the key considerations marketers need, or advertisers need to have when they think about match rates, both in the U.S. and outside the U.S.? Yep. Um, 
You know, I I, th- I think there's there, there's some very foundational um, things that people need to to think about first and foremost, and that's what is the quality of the two data sets that are coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, how is the data collected? How accurate is it likely to 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 be? Mm-hmm. How much maybe cleanup does it need before you even try to 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 match? And depending on how your data is created and collected, um, that can vary. Quite quite a lot. So mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. and and just think about things where you might register information somewhere, if you're having something delivered to you, well, you may yeah. be very accurate about how much information you know you're, you you provide there versus if um, you're you're registering for something where um, that's not as important. So mm-hmm. I think there's you know there's foundational kind of quality questions when mm-hmm. you first want to to match data. Um, Secondly, a big one is what uh, what are the identifiers that you can use to bring data together? So what are the match keys that you can you can use? And this is where you get variation across countries, right? The right. match keys that you can use, um, uh, you should use in one country or should try to use should be look to, to look for can be very different in one country versus um, ver- versus another. So mm-hmm. and that can have significant impact. I've um, had some situations with clients where just by having them find additional match keys from their system, we've increased match rates by 40% oh, so wow. in, 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 in yeah. certain markets. Um, so match keys, very, uh, very important. And then, you know, the um, privacy aspect is also important um, as well. So what are the two data sets you're bringing together? Do you have the permissions to bring them together? Uh, what can you share between, um, be, between parties? Uh, it has to be a consideration there also. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you recommend that that clients think about when they they're considering this tug of war between reach versus quality? Yeah, that's something we discuss <laughs> at, um, at 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 length, and mm-hmm. I think it comes down to what what is the objective, right? Mm-hmm. If you are um, if you have a campaign and you are needing to be very, very targeted. You have a very clear idea of the target audience that you want and, and you want to um, you, you want to keep your campaign focused on that audience, then accuracy and um, targetability has to be really important. And that might mean that you hone in a lot more and uh, just don't go as wide in, in, in your campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are doing something that's more about awareness or you're just launching something new and you have a what kind of a wider target audience, mm-hmm. um, reach might be more important to you or just reach for brand awareness might be more important. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are a lot, a lot of levers that can be pulled uh, depending on what you're trying to to do. But if I think if you don't start with just the objective and then matching the the process really of of, of matching or extending data to the objective, um, you're, you know, you're not going to get what you what, what you want. So I think it's really, really starting with the, the with what the business is trying to achieve. All right, and brands today are connecting to audiences that are they're very diverse, from everything from age to their household makeup to their income level. And so, how does Axiom Data help advertisers understand that diversity and then allow them to speak more relevantly to those audiences? Yeah, I mean, uh, what you're talking about there is really core to Axiom, right? It it is uh, again, it's back to do we have the relevant um, information about um, households or consumers or or geographical areas. 
do we have accurate information and um, can we make that available? Can we match it or make it available to our to, to our clients or can we make that available, you know, as audiences that, client, that clients can access? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, again, we're constantly focused on the data, the, the most relevant signals that we need, um, the data that we need, that keeps changing. It mm-hmm. may be something that's very vertical specific uh, that we that, that we look at for one particular area of our, of our business. Um, but data, data quality, and the ability to, to match and connect data, um, core, core to Axiom and uh, core to our clients too. All right, and kind of, uh switching to think about your own personal experience as a woman in leadership in corporate America, um, I was gonna ask you to kind of share two, two thoughts with us. The first being, how has being a woman helped you handle really tough situations at work? I've never really thought about handling situations at work as a woman. And I think that maybe because when I started out in my career, uh, the first couple of companies I worked with were either woman owned and led or had very um, significant female representation at a, at a, a, se- a senior yeah. level. So mm-hmm. I, I, I never really thought about it in that mm-hmm. context. But I think what worked, what has worked for me, it's um, really, I mean, it, it's, it's what works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, you know, when you're dealing with tough situations is um, if it's your place to take ownership of it, you take ownership of it. Um, having built strong relationships and strong credibility in your organization will stand to you when mm-hmm. when when times get tough and when you need to call on people to help you um, solve solve an issue. So I think relationship building, getting to getting to know your organization, getting to um, you, you know build relationships across the organization. Uh, is one of the best things that anybody can do uh, mm-hmm. because when you know you know when times get tough and when you need to uh, call on your colleagues uh, th- that will stand to you. Good, yes, good rules for anybody regardless exactly. of gender. Exactly. Um, and so, what's the best advice you've received along the way that you would want to pass on to say somebody who's an intern looking for their first time job? Now, first full time job, I should have said. <laughs> Yes, I think you know when you if you come in as a as an intern or as a you know graduate or new hire into mm-hmm. a, into a company, often you're coming into a very specific role, mm-hmm. and I think one of the best things you can do is um, be um, hungry for information and. Uh, do, you know, you, you'll be focused on your job, you'll be focused on your role, but really try to get to know the organization to make, you know, take advantage of any training that's available, even if it's not quite in your area, because right. you might find that it one, it introduces mm-hmm. you to some new people in the in, in the organization you're in, or two, it, it um, exposes you to an area you might not have thought of before, and that might end up being um, interesting to you. And I think when you're in those, you know, kind of early jobs, first jobs, uh, you you do get the opportunity to uh, to explore, right? right, and to and to look beyond your your mm-hmm. role and your job. And, and I think that that that's probably the first thing I would say to people is just be 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 curious, be hungry, get mm-hmm. you know look, look at what you can learn. You're going to be working with quite likely, you know, a lot, a lot some very experienced people that you you know that you can learn right. from, that you you know that you can gain knowledge from. 
So, you know, make those connections, take advantage of um, training, put your hand up for, you know, new things that come along. Raise your hand, yes. Yes. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation, and I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you very much.